If you're looking to kickstart your real estate investing business and create consistent, reliable, passive income, if you would like to have an endless flood of motivated seller leads who will sell with no money down, you came to the right place. I'm Joe Crump. Welcome to Automated Real Estate Investing, a podcast that will help you achieve your dream lifestyle through systemization, automation, and outsourcing, and do it all with no money down or credit required. Bad tenants can be a huge headache. They can damage your property and destroy your passive income by not paying their rent. In this automated real estate investing podcast episode, I'll share the tenant checklist we use before renting my properties. These simple ideas can save you thousands of dollars. You'll also learn why renting your houses with a lease option might be one of the best ways to avoid bad tenants. I'll show you how to determine how much a tenant can afford and what magic number never to go above. Finding a good tenant for your property can be easier than you think if you just follow my guidelines. Stay with me and let's learn how to avoid bad tenants with rental property. Hey, it's Joe. How to avoid bad tenants with your rental property. Bad tenants uh, really suck. Uh, it's really no fun to have people who aren't paying uh, their way. Uh, and it gets frustrating. Uh, and bad tenants come in a lot of different forms. Sometimes they pay, but they damage your properties. Uh, we had a lady uh, just uh, just last week, been in the property for eight months. Uh, we, we go into it after she moved out and we're gonna have to change out the all the carpet, <laughs> all the paint, replace the drywall. Uh, it's such a mess. I, I, I have no idea how it got that bad. Um, now, the beauty is I have somebody else managing the property and all I have to do is hear about it. Uh, she doesn't send me the pictures. <laughs> uh, she keeps me uh, protected from some of that stuff. So I don't have to really think about it much, but I do have to pay for it. Uh, and uh, it doesn't happen very often. Uh, most of the time uh, we have tenants that uh, take care of the property or if they don't take care of it, uh, maybe they live in it kind of hard. It's still not that bad when we get it back and we can clean things up and uh, get it going and get the next person in. Um, but the goal is to have people in for a long time. And one of the ways to get good tenants is uh, to get people who want to buy that property. And that's why I think lease options is one of the best ways uh, to sell a property and one of the best ways to be a landlord. Uh, if you want to keep those properties long term, uh, well, it's still not a bad way because less than 30% of all lease option buyers will actually exercise their option. So you'll probably be holding on to it. Uh, they'll probably eventually move out and they'll probably be able to sell it to somebody else after that. On average, people live in a house, uh, you know, own a house, uh, even when they buy it with a mortgage, two to five years. So the likelihood that uh, they're going to exercise the option after three years is pretty low. Uh, it's possible. And if they do that, that's great. You get full price for your property. Uh, you get the maximum amount that you get for it. You get all your equity out of it. You don't have to pay a realtor to sell the property for you. Uh, there's a lot of benefits uh, to doing it that way too. You can then do a 1031 exchange and buy another property, uh, probably get another discount on that and make more profit uh, by selling that property. Um, so selling on a lease option makes a lot of sense. It also creates a sense of ownership for the people that are there. And uh, you know the old saying that you, you never wash a rental car. You don't take care of the things that you rent. 
nearly as much as you take care of the things that you buy. So if you're in this process with your mindset is as a buyer rather than as a renter, the likelihood is that you'll take much, much better care of the property that you have. So doing lease options really makes a difference. The other thing that I do with all my properties uh, is make sure that they're in great condition. We get better tenants if we have great properties. So, you know, no matter where the neighborhood is, uh, if we make it one of the best properties in the neighborhood, uh, we always get the best tenants, almost always get the best tenants. There are exceptions, uh, but it's more likely that you'll get people that will take care of the property, that'll have pride of ownership, that if you rent out a property that's in terrible condition, you're going to get people that are that's, they find it acceptable to live that way. Uh, and that's not the kind of tenant uh, that you want. You want tenants that are going to take pride in that property and take care of it. Uh, the other thing I like about lease options is uh, we put the onus of repairs and uh, maintenance and all those things on the shoulders of the lease option tenant. And in our lease option agreement, uh, we make them responsible for all repairs that they expect nothing from us. Uh, and the main goal here is to keep them from calling us every time the toilet stops up or, you know, the, they put their hand through the screen door or some other minor problem. Uh, we're probably still going to hear from them if the furnace goes out. Uh, and um, when that happens, uh, they're probably not going to be able to pay to have that furnace done, even though they agreed to do that. Uh, so that's uh, going to be an issue. And what you can usually do is negotiate with them uh, in order to um, to cover that um, to cover that cost over time. So you may have to end up paying for that furnace and then having them pay for it uh, over a period of months uh, or years, depending on you know what their capability is. You want them to succeed. You want them to do well, and you want to do the best you can doing it. You know that if you had a regular tenant in there and the furnace goes out, you'd have to replace that tenant. Uh, and if you had to go in front of a judge uh, and they say, I'm, I, I'm not making my payments because uh, the, the furnace doesn't work, uh, and, and you, show, you as the landlord show that judge, hey, I've got this document that said they're going to take care of all the repairs, uh, the judge is going to shake his head and say, no, uh, you're the landlord, you own that property, you need to provide a house that is habitable, uh, so you need to put a furnace in there. And they're going to require that you do that. So don't uh, go in front of a judge and expect them to enforce uh, that particular clause. Uh, but having that clause is still valuable to you because most of the time you can get them to take care of that work uh, because they see themselves as the owner of that property. The other thing to look at uh, when you're looking at uh, getting good tenants uh, is looking at the, the job that they've got. Make sure they've got enough income to be able to afford it. Uh, look at their income uh, to, to debt ratios. You know, if they if their house payment or their their rental payment is uh, more than one third of their gross income, and that's their income before taxes, uh, then it's going to be very difficult for them to make all their bills. So we try to stay somewhere in that 30, 35 percent range. We've sometimes gone up to 40, 45 percent, but we also know that when they get to that point, they're really going to be pushing it on being able to cover all their expenses. So we do that on maybe some of the higher-end properties we've got, uh, less so on the lower-end properties that we've got. We don't want uh, uh, people that have lower-end properties to have that uh, situation because their income overall is lower uh, than the people in the higher-end properties that have income overall that's higher, so they've got a little bit more discretionary income to start with. 
and it makes it more likely for them to succeed uh, in that situation. Also, make sure you have a good uh, rental contract or, or a good lease option contract uh, that protects you and makes sure that uh, you have access to the property and, uh, and can do that. So uh, make sure you get good contracts from your attorney or, of course, one of my programs uh, have those, those rental programs or rental documents as well. All right. I hope that helps. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Automated Real Estate Investing Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your favorite platform to continue learning about how to build a fully automated real estate investing business. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover on this show, send an email to joecrump at joecrump.com. If you would like to automate 90% of the work of running your investment business, if you would like to outsource 9% of the work and only do 1% yourself, you should check out my fully automated push-button automarketer system. It is the only software of its kind and will provide you on autopilot an endless stream of motivated seller leads who will accept zero down offers. It will also allow you to automate most of the tasks necessary to run your business and help you manage your team. All you have to do is turn it on and watch the leads come in. You can sign up for this game-changing system at pushbuttonautomarketer.com. Remember, they say it takes money to make money, but I say if you can't make money with no money, you sure can't make money with money. Learn my zero-down techniques and you'll build a massively profitable real estate investing business that'll set you free. This is Joe Crump signing off.